what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. This may be one of the more important topics we've actually discussed here on Brothers in Tech, as we all should be thinking about how we're going to tame the digital mess we leave our family following our own demise. Uh, In this episode, the Brothers in Tech discuss strategies for managing your digital legacy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson. I am one of two brothers that you will meet in this podcast show episode, the other one being my actual brother in tech, uh, Brian Jackson. Brian, how you doing? Alan, I am doing well. I'm glad I'm one of the brothers that you're going to introduce today and, uh, you know, that uh, we can... Spoiler alert. There are two brothers. (laughs) That is it. That's right. There are no other brothers. Don't wait around for the other one. So, no, I'm I'm doing good. No surprise brothers coming up anytime soon. It is just Brian. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing good, Alan. I'm, uh, well, I tell you what, I'm I'm coming into this episode thinking, gosh, I'm just ready to be uplifted about an incredibly yeah. positive yep. topic, something that's just going yes. to, I mean, this sort of almost could be considered a comedy episode, right? I mean, I think it's it's borderline kind of uplifting that way, right? This is going to be a hilarious episode <laughs> because we're talking about digital legacies. Which and is? In case you're not clear on that term, that is basically what happens to your tech digital life when you pass away who gets it who handles it what's done with it and uh yeah brian i, I we brought this topic up yeah you know, when planning this episode and, and by the way this you know this show brothers in tech we brian and i get together sometimes we have guests sometimes we don't and we talk about different aspects of technology um but mainly the technology that may affect you on a personal family home basis we don't get into a lot of enterprise business tech. It is truly what you as an individual or a family member kind of experience and use on a, on a regular basis. And uh, we want to be a good resource to people out there trying to get a better handle on technology in their personal life. Or maybe they are that uh, go-to IT person, you know, the person that gets the phone calls from other family members on how to do something on the computer or on my new phone. And we just want to be a resource, uh, a brotherhood of people to kind of band together and help help us all through uh, these technology hurdles and challenges and uh, uh, opportunities. Yep, yep. So what better way to just jump right into a fun subject than talking about, well, then what do we do with our technology when we pass away? Yep. And, so we, so um, we are talking, I mean, let's just be honest. We're talking about death here, right? Yeah. We, this we show is about death. Death and... Um, this episode. I, I, not this whole show. Well, that's true. We that's true. Yeah. So on a daily, this particular we episode. We talk about death on a <laughs> per episode basis. Yeah. It's really just going to be pretty localized into this episode. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I think it actually, you mentioned we're, you know, our purpose has always been, how do we help families um, 
people that are uh, interacting, you know, in the home environment to be able to, you know, use their digital life a little bit more effectively. And, and I actually kind of, uh, you know, when we, when we thought about this topic, I thought, you know what, this, this probably could be one of the more important episodes that we have because right. everything that we've talking about so far um, throughout the last couple of years has been, you know, ways of being more efficient with your uh, digital life, maybe use technology a little bit more effectively. We're always talking about new tech, new services, new products, but we haven't really talked about, you know, how do we protect them? You know, we had a few episodes yeah. about security, you know, and ways to protect it for yourself, for other people getting it when you don't want it. But what about a situation where you do want other people to get it because you have mm -hmm. uh, passed on and you're not there to get it yourself? So I think that this is yeah. a I think this is a, a a good topic. It may not be the most uplifting topic, but it is uh, I think incredibly important. Uh, important topic for us to talk about. So, well, absolutely, and I, I think you know. And here's the situation for a lot of us. I mean, I know you know the age we are, Brian. We're in our you know mid to upper forties. Some, some have more in the mid, some in the uppers. Yep. Yeah, right. some closer to them, the, the upper. Um, I have a will. You know, my wife and I have a will, a standard will that we did, I think, pretty early on in our marriage. I mean, I think it's probably been at least 15 years that we created the will. And as I look back and, and thought about and looked at that will just earlier today, just kind of in preparation talking about this this topic, yeah, there's nothing in my will that has any semblance or connection to my digital life. And we're talking, you know, um, access to accounts. We're talking access to photo libraries, even access to my computer. Like, I, you right. know, if I were to die today, I don't know if anybody would be able to get into my computer unless I had some plan in place for them. And if they can't get into my computer, there's so many things there they would not be able to get access to. Um, so, you know, as I look back on it, it's like, I guarantee there's a lot of people in the same situation. You've got yep. a will and the will has covered the more traditional physical things that you're going to leave behind heirlooms, collectibles, uh, whatever it may be, property, all that. But I guarantee you, most people have not gone back and added digital legacy elements to their will. Right. And that's why it is important. Um, because, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who who's so much of their life is hinging now on what they have online. Yeah. And uh, well, and Alan, and, and, and I'm, my assumption is and we'll get into kind of all the, you know, all the different types of digital legacy uh, elements, which I think is is really helpful for you to think about. But I think most of us, when we think about, oh, OK, my my digital, you know, my passwords uh, are safe or my account is safe. Well, you know, sure, the, the typical way you think about finances, for example, okay, my retirement account. Well, yes, I've already put a survivor on that. I've already put that if I'm not here, it goes to this person, which kind of protects that. However, you got to think about how many hoops it's going to take to get to that, right? And the fact that mm -hmm. you could make that potentially a little bit easier by taking some steps to try to make that process work. But when you start thinking of other things that you may not initially worry about when you're thinking value, you mentioned pictures, right? I mean, you know, if, if all of my pictures went away and, and we, obviously we, everyone has tons of pictures, that is your, that is your history, right? I mean, that is your way of kind of documenting history. Um, that's something that, you know, has value to people. 
I would hope it has value to other people when I leave, right? And you'd want to make sure that that is accessible from others. Um, and this is something that's been in the the news for many, many years that, you know, someone someone passes away and the spouse isn't able to access their phone, which of course has all the important information. It's long legal battles to be able to do that because nobody's thinking about putting in their will. So I think it's important for us to, to kind of step back a minute and think, what is it that comprises our digital legacy? So Alan, why don't you, why don't you help us out a little bit? Give us an idea of sure. some of the depth that we're talking about with your digital legacy. What goes into that? Yeah. So, because I'll guarantee you again, and I'm making a lot of assumptions, I think, on, on what people are thinking out there, but only because this is where I was until I spent some more time really thinking about this. Again, the idea of a digital legacy, a lot of people think, well, as long as it's just logins and passwords to different websites, then that's all that matters. Well, there's a lot more. That is part of your digital legacy. If you have login and passwords to websites where you have accounts, where you have uh, financial information where you have anything at all related to you. Yes, that is part of your digital legacy for sure. But think about a few other things. Um, what if uh, you had a blog? Okay. Well, what if, what if you were a blogger and you had a lot of content you've written and put up online? You know, where do you, how, what's going to be done with that? You know, and it may be more than just a login and password need to get it and maintain it. You may actually want to have some ideas of what you'd want to have happen with your, your blog or something like that. If you were to pass away, maybe you want somebody else to take it on or you want somebody to shut it down. That's something that you've got to consider. That's part of that digital legacy. Uh, domain names for websites. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, there's value there. Uh, if you own a, website address that has any sense of value to it, that is still something you have to decide what you want to do as part of your legacy if you were to pass away. Um, you know, I own alanjackson.org, which I don't use for anything, but there is a really con- famous country music singer named Alan Jackson. He may one day start a foundation and decide he wants alanjackson.org. That's kind of valuable, or it could be kind of valuable. And I kind of want to make sure Mm -hmm. if something happened to me that somebody actually knows that it's there and I own it and what to do with it in that situation. Um, Another thing I think a lot of people don't even think about is your presence on online communities or places where maybe you've posted content before. For a lot of people, maybe you don't really think that that's really worth you need to worry about leaving behind, but uh, there's a lot of people who stake a lot of their personality and a lot of their interest into, you know, different online communities where you've posted content and it's just thinking about what do you want done with that stuff? I mean, that's, uh, again, that's, that's your content, things you created that's only available in the digital space. You pass away, nobody has access to it. It's gone. And you know, there's, it's, it's out there floating around, but you have no ownership of it or nobody else does. So, um, okay. That's, you know, I'm, we, I, that's, that's who good on. Cause I'm making notes here that, so with any blog that I have in any sort of listserv, I'm going to tell my wife to just go and post underneath each one of them that Brian has left the building. Right. Yeah, and Brian, I just want that everywhere. Like, Brian has left the building. <laughs> you know what? When you think about this podcast episode. So what happens, Brian, to these brothers in tech episodes? If, uh, if I'm not here, well, I mean, I I think the natural, the natural, I mean, the natural thought would be the Smithsonian. Uh, But I think, I think that beyond that, I think it's probably important that we, we recognize the value that they have 
and that, mm-hmm. you know, this particular digital media that we have created, um, people are probably going to come asking for it. So we probably yeah, need to put that in our digital legacy wills. And go right? ahead and assign it some good value yep. to it and make yeah, sure people absolutely. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but that is true. I mean, if you own a podcast, you know, make sure you know who, who kind of, what you want to have done with the media and, and the, 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 the podcast feed. You know, there's just a lot of things to it. You already mentioned music, photos. I yep. mean, I think that's all pretty. That's the more natural digital things. I think. Yeah, that's think what you. First. That's what you create, right? The things you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your photos, your videos, your music, and even just your documents. You know, if you created documents on your computer, even if it's, it's text documents, the spreadsheets that are important information for you. Anything at all that, that you create, I think you want to make sure uh, you have access to or know what you're going to do with it. Um, and then, as I mentioned, you know, accounts. Uh, really, that's going to be the that's going to be the biggest laundry list of things is just accounts that you have online. It doesn't matter if it's an account for eBay where you're selling stuff and you've got stuff listed up there. Maybe you have some uh, dollars built up in some of these accounts yeah. that you use, and all of a sudden you're gone. You need to know. Who can get to it, and what should they do with that account when when they get to it? Um, you know, Amazon account. I mean, gosh, there's times where I've got some a lot of gift card balances or return balances in my Amazon account. Kind of want to make sure somebody knows about that, knows what to do with it if uh, if they need to take it over. Yep. Um, yep. So really, that's that's the biggest laundry list is all the just logins, accounts, and what to do there. But I don't want people to forget things like creative content created online um, in terms of, you know, blog posts, podcast episodes, uh, digital work or art you've created. I mean, all these things are just as valuable or could be just as valuable in a lot of cases. Yeah. Now the social media networks, uh, that's going to take a little more discussion there, Brian. Um, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all those. The difference with a social media channel or these, these networks from just, content you create is that these these networks are not really set up in a way that you can just give somebody else your login and password and that's that's all they got to do because these networks are based off of you personally okay if i'm no longer here my facebook page all of a sudden changes in what its value is or how important it is but it's still something i need to decide what's going to happen as part of that digital legacy with my Facebook page or my Facebook account, my Twitter account, my LinkedIn account. Um, Do I want them shut down? Do I want them uh, transferred in some way to somebody else? I mean, what, what do I want done with those? These are all things when we talk about digital legacy, these are all things that should be considered. And it, it is a longer list. And I think a lot of people, myself included, really we're thinking about when I started thinking about this topic. Yeah. And, you know, I think in, it's important to note that each of those social networks, my understanding is they're, they're different in the way they approach this, right. That you have to kind of Mm -hmm. realize each one, what's the process. Can you decide that in advance? Can you just, you know, determine who else has control of this? Is it easy to shut it down later? And I think that we all know that when we've talked about social media before, just shutting something down isn't, always an easy thing to do. Uh, And when you shut it down, it doesn't necessarily mean that that content goes away. There might be two different things here, right? About locking an account versus actually deleting content versus saving content. You know, Google, for example, right? There's so much information that I have on Google, whether it's Google Drive, Google Photos, right? Gmail, all of this. 
you know, they do have the capability of you going in and downloading your data and saying, go ahead and download every bit of data you have from me, which of course is a little scary because you start to realize they've been tracking a lot of information about me. Um, But those are the things that, well, if you're gone, how do you go about downloading that? Because I remember doing that process actually took a number of different steps. It wasn't just logging in. It was verifying it was me. It was doing two-factor authentication. Um, so I think, you know, part of our our tips uh, uh, regarding this, this process is going to be find out what each one of those services requires so that you can yeah. think about it in advance. Is there, are there things you can do now to make things a lot easier for the person that, um, you know, you leave behind and, uh, and making sure mm-hmm. that's the case. Alan, I wanted to, I wanted to mention one other thing, cause you, you talked about financial accounts, you know, specifically like the things where you buy stuff, uh, or maybe you're selling stuff or you have gift cards. I also want to kind of mm-hmm. remind people of the other direction, which is, you know, if you've got utilities that maybe are on auto pay, or you've got, um, you know, for example, me, I have, uh, I think I, I pay for Adobe Lightroom that comes out every month. That actually comes out of my Apple account that is separate from my wife's Apple account. So I was just thinking about that today going, you know, I, I wonder how long it would be before she knew that that was continuing to come out month to month, right? Maybe yeah. she'd see it on the, you know, the, 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 uh, the checking account, but would she have the ability to be able to go and cancel that easily? And uh, well, so that, that's the bigger question yeah. here is that, you know, can can somebody go in and manage that account or do something with that account per your wishes? I mean, again, right. we're talking about something just like a will that with a will, you have a, a assortment of assets and you're saying this is what I want done with these assets or here's who I want to have them go to. It's the same exact thing with all those things I listed on a digital legacy. It's what do I want done with them. And uh, who 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 gets them if if there's anything to give, yeah. And um, I think it's important. And I think yeah. I think again, I, you know, I I know I'm guilty of this, and I think a lot of people are in the same boat think, well, I just I just need a, a a list of logins and passwords to all my services. And yes, that will get you a, a big chunk of the way in this whole process if that's up to date and good. But there's still the question of what to do with them. <laughs> Yeah. What to do with these yep. services, what to do with these accounts, what to do with these balances of things you may have online, what to do with the creative content you've created and you've put up online. So the same thing, you got to decide what to do with them, not just who gets them, but yeah, what what to do with what, once that person has it, what are they supposed to do with it or what could they do with it? So yep. Um, yep. now, Brian, there's a... Uh, we're not alone in, in, in starting to think about this more and that right. there's a lot of the bigger companies who are taking some real big strides to create ways to make this easier or sellable services to, to do this for you. And we'll get to that in a little bit, but let's, let's maybe talk first. Okay. If you're, if you're someone who says, all right, you've listened to us talk for the last 20 minutes about the importance of this. I get it. I understand now. Yes, this is something I need to do. I really don't want to put, you know, I don't want to invest a lot of money or get into a big service. I think I can do this myself. But what's kind of the the low tech way to to yeah. kind of get this at least going? Okay. Yeah. Yep. What's the low tech way to like start creating your digital legacy? Yeah. And um, let's well, talk about what that could look like for somebody. Yeah, because I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, because again, the people that we you know, created this podcast for initially 
was for those that may not feel as tech savvy initially and would like to have some additional tips, some ideas, some things to think about. Um, and I remember when we did our, our passwords, um, I think it was our online security uh, uh, episode, you know, many, many months ago, um, that we talked a little bit about, you know, there is the low tech way of simply writing down your passwords. Right. I mean, that, and I think that that same same strategy can work here. Right. I'm thinking to myself, if I had one, um, you know, sheet uh, or, or a database that I was able to create and print out, what would I want on it? Well, I'd want the the, the company or the website or whatever it is that's the location of this digital information. I'd want the access to that, whether it's the passwords or whatnot. And then, as you said, I want the instructions on that. You know, this is our utility. Keep it. <laughs> Make sure that the credit card gets updated so that you don't get, you know, uh, uh, errors, right? Go in and change. Here's another thing, right? Go in and change the email address so that it comes to you with statements rather than my old one, right? That sort of thing. Um, but I yeah. think I would want to know, like, what are the instructions that I should be able to do with that? So which of these things should I be keeping? Which should be shut down right away? It's like, if I'm gone, we don't need the photo editing software anymore, right? That was me. Right. Yep. Get rid of it, right? You're paying a service on that. Um, so I think that's one of the low tech things that I'm going to be doing is making a list, probably putting in our safe that says at least these are the important you know, accounts that are out there, the things that I want to make sure that right away that you have access to, that you know how to look for, and that you assure that you're... Um, at least starting the process of, uh, of getting things under your control. Right. Yeah. That is, that is the number one first step. If you're going to go your own kind of do it yourself, create your digital legacy to leave behind. Um, couple caveats with that. I will just say, I agree. I think that's probably the safest, most yep. rudimentary way to do this and to be most comfortable with what you've got in front of you. Um, is the the whole idea of documenting your logins and passwords for websites or services, you know, rightfully so these sites are more and more forcing people to update their password on a somewhat regular basis every six months, maybe. Um, So that's just a lot to keep up with. So just keep in mind, if you are going to create a master document, printable, easy to, to, to distribute document of your logins and passwords, it has to stay up to date. So, uh, if you go through and get prompted on your bank account that you need to change your password because it's been a few months and they need you to do a new one, you got to make absolutely sure that you go right to your document that you're keeping up with and you update it there as well because otherwise it, it it has no value if uh, you're not keeping your passwords and up information up to date. So it does take a regular audit and review of that document if you're going to go the you're going to document it yourself approach. Yeah. Um, now, there's always the danger that if you create a, a spreadsheet or a, a digital <laughs> list of all these logins and passwords, well, that's... What if you don't have access um, to that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's a problem, too. That, right. That's, uh, you know... Yeah, that's and that's always be an been... Can, yeah, it's always been the interesting thing, right? So I... Um, uh, and I can say this because I'm pretty sure my mother-in-law is not listening, but, you know, I used to, to, to think it was... Uh, maybe ultra uh, simple of her that she has a book that is on her shelf. And inside that book on the inside cover is where she writes down all of her passwords. And then she is very diligent about going and scratching out 
one of those passwords and updating it whenever she has to update something. But I always thought to myself, like, well, okay, that's a hard copy thing that if that were to get lost or that were to burn in a fire, right, of course, that's easily gone. And now on the flip side, for her, she's like, well, digitally, if I can't access it, right, I don't want to be stuck with that either. So I'd like to have that hard copy. And I and I do agree that there's a benefit to having and, you know, for some people that would say, oh, well, listen, I'm just going to create five copies of it and I'll put it everywhere around. Well, that's five copies that you have to update. That's also five copies that could get stolen. That's going to be five copies that have a lot of really sensitive information. So, um, yeah. yeah, you got to be careful about this. I mean, we have a safe, a small safe. I think, you know, using a safe like all our other documents is probably a helpful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where, as you mentioned, digital being a little digital savvy is really helpful and that maybe you say, Every three months, there's an alert that says time to update your passwords, right? Time to go yeah. to your document and update. Um, now, is that tedious? And would you give up after a while if you have to go back and do each one of those? Not if you you know, are reminding yourself that every time you have to change your password, maybe start to make a note that, you know, maybe make a list digitally that is just, hey, these are the ones that I've changed. Not that I'm going to write down what they are, but I can go back and look at that later. So I think... This, you know, this is becoming so important because we live through the digital means that we we are going to have to take some steps to be a little bit more diligent about it. Um, Alan, you also mentioned, I mean, we've been encouraging when we talked about security before and passwords, we've encouraged that multi-factor authentication, two-factor authentication is something you do want to turn on, right? I mean, that's the way to be safe, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so for people, just a reminder, that's when... The website says, do you want two-factor authentication? It means instead of just logging in and using your username and password, it will then send a code to your phone or it would send something to a, you know, I have a a duo, like a a security manager that I have to then approve on my watch that says, yep, that's me. Okay, well, realize now that's two factors, which means that's two layers of security, which means that's two layers of security your survivor is going to have to deal with. Okay, so your survivor may have that password, but if they don't have your phone or your watch or your, um, you know, access to your other things in which you is your second authentication, then they're screwed as well. And if they continue to try that, it's going to potentially lock that account down and not have access to it. So make sure you realize when you do have two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication that that's multi-factor that your survivor needs to have access to as well if you want them to access to that account. Yeah, very, very important. I, I, I mean, I run into this all the time and it's not even with people who have passed away. It's just, you know, if I'm helping somebody manage their Google account and they're trying to get logged in on another device and Google pops up and says, okay, well, to, to log in, we got your password, that's great, but now we're going to send a code to this particular device that you have to authenticate and they don't know they don't have that device anymore and they never went around getting it updated. It's a problem. And I can't even imagine if you don't have access to some of those other devices or ways of checking that, that those accounts um, when someone's not here anymore, that is a, that is a real challenge. So yes, you're exactly right. Uh, Two factor authentication on, on devices is extremely important. And to, to note and to make sure that you know what that other way of getting access to that account is and that that's going to be available for whoever you leave this stuff behind as well. Yeah. Yep. Good point. Um, 
So yes, yeah, so there's a lot of things that you need to, if you're going to go the, again, your do it yourself route of just, I'm documenting everything. I'm just going to have it all together. It's making sure you're keeping your logs and passwords up to date. You're thorough with the list and you have instructions. It's not just logs and passwords. It's also instructions of what to do with those accounts. Now, the social media services, social media networks, do you need to kind of handle those a little separately? Because again, it's not enough just to say, here's my login and password for my Facebook account. Um, you need to kind of decide what, what's going to happen to your accounts or if you want anything to happen to your accounts when, when you're not here. And each social media network has their own process. Like, for example, I'll say with Facebook, um, you have a choice if you're, you've passed away that you can ha- choose to have your Facebook account memorialized, which means it's put in a status where people know that this person has passed away. And maybe they use it for posting notes and condolences for the rest of the family to see. Um, or you could uh, just, you want to have your account shut down. You just like, you know what, just close it out. It's done. I don't need anything on it for anything to be left behind. I'm fine with it just being gone. But either way, you have to kind of make some decisions about what you want to have done with it. And if you do choose to memorialize it, for example, you have to appoint a legacy contact on Facebook and then they're still going to have to submit a request on your behalf like after you've passed away that um, memorializing it. They have to go into Facebook and request that an account gets deleted. I mean, again, so there's, there's a process. Yep. There's a process yep. with Facebook, and it's not the same on every single social network. So you do need to do a little homework for those networks that are important to you. Right. Um, I mean, some, some of Twitter them are going to have to show like a death certificate and all of that. Very, yeah, you know, there are things that you have to be prepared to, to do. Right. I'll say this. Okay. If you've got a Twitter account that you were just using to what to read tweets of other people and you didn't really put up anything that had any real sentimental value to you or something you want to keep up. I mean, is it the worst thing in the world just to kind of let that float out there? No, that's probably fine. If there's nothing on that account that you feel like needs to come down, if you're no longer here, right? then it's just going to linger out on the internet for however long and, and, but not really have any impact. But I do think things where you have actually created content, posted photos, posted things, you, you kind of need to make some decisions on those social networks, what you want to have done with those accounts afterwards. Yep. Um, yep. Instagram. So for example, Instagram deletes inactive accounts after a certain period of time like almost automatically. So like if your account goes inactive for a really long time, it's going to delete your account anyway, but you can designate family members and have them request the site to delete your account after you pass away. If you choose to. So again, it's just choices to make on each of these. I think evaluating what social networks are important for you to have some action take place when you passed away and making sure that you've designated either the legacy person through those accounts of who's going to take it on uh, and then with some instructions of what to do with those accounts uh, when you're gone as well. Yep. That's again, that that's going to take a little more homework. I'll go ahead and tell you it's, you know, I know there's a lot of work putting together all the logins and passwords, but reaching out and finding out what to do on each of these social networks is going to be a little more tedious. But once you know the plan for each of those, then you can document that on your same document. You've got your logins and passwords and that kind of becomes your master plan there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Alan, can we mention real quick? I know we talked about kind of low tech ways, but um, probably importantly, because I'm just thinking to myself, 
you know, one of the things that uh, Apple has done over the last several years, and I, and I, I don't know if I've ever asked you about this, but, um, you know, Apple suggests these really challenging passwords. Like when you're creating a password, it'll say, oh, can we suggest one incredibly long, you know, detailed password, but it's saying, hey, we'll, we'll create this one that you'll never remember, but we're going to save it for you as well. Okay. And, you know, a concern of mine is that if you agree to that, which of course is very safe, right? You're not using the same password over and over. It's creating a very unique one. That also is something that I don't know and I hadn't memorized and I can't put down on paper. Um, so I think it's important that when you do that, maybe this is a good time for, um, you know, and if you if you haven't listened to our episode on passwords and security in a while, you may go back and do that because a password manager could be a really effective way of, of doing this. And for those that don't know, password managers are, you know, where you can have a service that you're paying for that keeps all of your passwords for every account, right? You input it and you make sure that it can then uh, kind of throw your passwords in very similar to what Apple does with an iCloud and all of that or a keychain. But the difference is that you have one password then to get into that account. And that is very easy to then give to a spouse to say, here's that master password that maybe only that one password needs to change every, you know, every three months, like we talked about. And if I can change that one password, have that listed in my safe that says, you know, last pass or one pass, is it one pass? No, last pass, one Last pass one password, is one, 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 password. Pass, one password, right? So if I just said, you know, to my survivor, Laura, go to this account, you know, go and log into one password with this master, master, um, you know, password, you'll have access to all of my passwords. I think that's a really clean way to do it. If you're willing to pay for that service, right? If you're someone that has a ton of passwords, you're changing them often, or you have very challenging passwords, which I think is a good thing that are really hard for you to put down on paper, you know, for the next person to, to pick up, that may be a really smart use of money. Um, you know, if you feel like you would just want to make it easy for someone to access all of your accounts, um, after you're gone, I think, uh, you know, having a password manager could be a really smart way to do it. Agreed. Agreed. It's definitely, it's kind of that middle ground. You're not quite low tech. You're, you're kind of still relying on some technology, but is definitely an easier way of organizing yeah. all of that together and making it easier for somebody to get access to all of them in one place. Now, um, I did want to mention that, you know, we, we kind of talked about kind of on the do it yourself kind of, kind of mentality of, of plotting out your digital legacy. As I mentioned a little earlier, a lot of these bigger tech companies are starting to, to think about this type of service more and more and are offering ways to users to help them preserve their digital legacy. Yeah. Most notably, uh, Google and Apple, kind of using the two big examples here, I know for a fact, have services in place that allow you to go ahead and set up and designate kind of a digital legacy plan for your accounts. For Apple, that means the iCloud account that you may use. Um, the latest version of iOS that's coming out for iPhone and iPad here in the next little bit version 15.2 has a feature built in where you can go ahead and set up your digital legacy, designate a um, legacy contact and, or somebody who will have access to your iCloud account if you pass away and provide them with access to all the content that may be stored on your iCloud account 
uh, as long as they still have to show a death certificate proof that uh, you have, in fact, passed away. But once they've shown that document, they will be given access in, uh, to your iCloud account, all the content that's on there. Uh, Google has a service, similar type of service for all of the Google account they have. So this is great if you're someone who has a lot of your digital life in either Apple's iCloud or Google services at all, or both like me. Uh, my work life is pretty much on Google. My personal stuff is all on iCloud. So yes, I would utilize both services um, to make sure they were in place. And that's going to cover 90% of my stuff. <laughs> you know, one of those two services. If yeah. I have Google and, and Apple set up to designate somebody to take on my digital life from those services, that covers a huge swath of, of my my work. So that's great to know that Apple's rolling this out as, as well now too. Yeah. Um, again, you're still going to need proof of death certificate for that designated person to show. And I think in Apple's case, when you set them up as a digital legacy recipient, they're going to get a very unique specific access code. They're going to need that code to show yep. in the case yeah. of your demise, as well as the death certificate. But once they've shown those two pieces, which they'll be able to submit online, to do electronically, then they will be given access to your iCloud account. And that includes your photos, your videos that are stored up on your iCloud account, your email, if you're using iCloud email uh, accounts, um, any, um, gosh, what else was there? Um, access to, I think, uh, media you I think, purchased? I think you get digital media. Yeah, at least. Yeah, I need to double check on that. I'm not yeah. sure about that one, but I, I'm pretty, there's a nice big long list of things you will get access yeah. to on the iCloud account yeah. um, once you have that. So Google and Apple are starting to make it a little easier, but my fear, Brian, is that I just think when people hear the announcement from Apple that, oh, now on your iPhone, you can uh, set up a digital legacy and name somebody as a recipient. I, I, I'm afraid just a lot of people are going to think that that means everything in your digital right. life is going to be handled for you. And it's not. Right. It's just whatever you have in your iCloud account, which yep. may be a lot. But it's not going to share passwords and logins to other websites. It's not going to share other documents you have on your computer that were not on iCloud. I mean, it's just, it's not everything. So it's a nice step in the right direction, but you're still going to have to do some work outside of that. Yep. So. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that, you know, big key here is we talked about low tech, make a list, whether that list is exhaustive of everything or whether that list is a way of getting into the main accounts at least. I think at a minimum, right, getting someone access to the main accounts that uh, that money is coming out of or that you need access to be able to get to funds, to valuable things. I think it's helpful to make a list on those things. Um, a big topic or a big uh, you know, tip that you brought up about not only knowing what those accounts are, but knowing what they're supposed to do with those accounts. You know, make it easy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you can, you know, you could have a will that says, Hey, so-and-so gets access to this in my, you know, my estate. But if you really want something done with that thing, right, you need to tell them because that's another stressor that that individual is going to have to deal with to say, okay, great. I have access to it. What do I do with it? So I think that's smart. Yeah. Um, true. now as I was looking into some of this, some of the tips, there was another one and this one makes me really nervous, Alan, and I'll tell you why this one says, you know, make sure you decide who your digital executor is. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Who is the person 
right? That's going to kind of be responsible for your digital legacy. Now, normally that's mm-hmm. a spouse for us, right? Whoever the survivor is going to be of a, a relationship. But I'm also a little nervous that, you know, for us, Alan, I think our family, many of them may just say, oh, digital? Yeah, let's let's have Alan do it. Let's have Brian do it, right? That right. <laughs> That's going to be our inheritance, Alan. It's going to be, hey, I'm going to give yeah. Alan my Google account, <laughs> right? <laughs> Because that's really worth something, right? Um, So I think that, you know, recognize who your person is that you trust that can, you know, be able to not only have access to those things, but actually be capable of doing something with them, right? I mean, I could imagine, you know, if I was much older and my spouse, I would say, well, here you go. You have access to my digital accounts, but if they're not comfortable, capable, or even, you know, of interest of dealing with the digital world, then that's probably not the best thing to do. Um, and I think the, the most important part of all of this is at some point you need to formalize it, right? And Alan, you mentioned that you have a will. Uh, I unfortunately do not have a will uh, at all because, again, we don't have kids, so we never really thought that it was necessary for us. But now I'm realizing that, you know, it's helpful that when you have that will or you have some sort of uh, written document that you make sure that you use uh, the language of digital, uh, uh, your digital estate or your digital legacy mm-hmm. to be able to say this person gets access to these things or this person can take over these things. Because um, I think it, even if you don't have the passwords, this is my assumption, Alan, and I don't know this for a fact, but. My assumption is even if you don't have the passwords, even if you don't have some of the secret, you know, codes that are needed to get into some of these, if at least you have a will that then says you're supposed to have access to X, Y, and Z, I think it's going to help you in the process. The process is going to be a lot more difficult, but I think it'll at least help you in the process to be able to say legally, I should have access to these things and then be able to go through the hoops of doing that. So I think that's a, that's an important step. Well, and I'll go one more step further just to say that uh, you're going to see a lot more companies rolling out products and services to kind of take care of a lot of this for you. Some of the ones I've seen that have been kind of the nicer ones, uh, I know some big either investment companies or financial planning companies are setting up you know, digital vaults for people to use where you can store copies of all that digital important information. And it's just kind of wrapped into all of your other investment accounts and plans so that your manager knows that there's a way to pass that digital vault on to to your loved ones uh, in such a way that you can kind of have it managed by somebody else and Mm -hmm. they they know that they're going to take care of it, manage it. Obviously, I mean, there'll be, you got to have a a planner or broker relationship to do that. And there's obviously some, I'm sure, fees involved to do that kind of service, but you can get pretty high level with it and get it really, really planned out. I think we're kind of in that weird middle phase right now, Brian, where just enough people are starting to think about it and work on it and do it where we're stuck between people, just kind of homegrown solutions yep. for documenting things and starting to think about, I may actually want to have professionals <laughs> help me manage right. this and do it. So we're kind of in that weird middle phase where I think there's a lot of people that can still do this themselves. Um, but it's just, it is going to get more complicated as time goes on. I mean, the more and more we're putting stuff online, the more of this is going to be a lot more, a lot more work to right. keep up with. Right. And uh, well, I think there's uh, more, there's more to work with. The, the security is getting more challenging, and 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 rightfully so because it's important. So that, yeah, there's interesting balance here, right? As you're, 
yet you get more information associated with you digitally that it's out there, then there's more need for security. As security gets tighter and better, it's going to be harder than for this process to happen. So, but at the same point, I, I do I agree with you. There's a lot of things happening where the people are recognizing how much of a hassle it is when this mm-hmm. occurs. That I that I hope that some of that simplicity is coming along, or at least some of that efficiency is coming along. Uh, you can certainly help yourself by continuing to follow these steps. You know, make sure that you make. Um, you know, write down those things uh, in advance, keep track of them, make sure you have a discussion with your significant other about these things, talk about how to, you know, what are the most important things to do um, and uh, and go ahead and start to, uh, you know, prepare yourself for that transition should it happen. And, uh, and I think you'll certainly, uh, your loved one will appreciate it. Um, so, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's never absolutely. a fun thing to do, but it, it, it pays well, off. When I'll tell you though, in all seriousness, Brian, even just thinking about this subject over the last little bit, and I was prepping for this episode recording, has really got me focused on it more than I ever have been. And that's if if that's the same thing that comes out of this episode, other people yeah. listening to it, then great. That's the biggest thing. Is I think it's just the big message to take away from this show is take it. Let's let's take take some time to take it seriously and. You know, I'm not saying it's as important as maybe your your physical or financial assets, but for many of you out there listening, your digital life does have a lot of value to it. And yep. We just need to make sure we all need to make sure it's being taken care of properly, just like an heirloom, just like a family keepsake, just like a, a piece of property or a vehicle or anything. You know, we need to know what's going to happen to it afterwards. Yep. Um, so yeah. It's a good thing to be kind of working on and planning for. Sorry to be kind of on a bummer subject, you know, the, this time, but but we also feel like it's pretty important in keeping in that tech technology base as well. Yep. So, yeah, all right. Well, Brian, if anybody has any thoughts or ideas on, or, or maybe some new services that are coming up that are kind of helping with this digital legacy planning, we'd love to hear about them and kind of help uh, maybe circle back in the in a future episode on a kind of a recap of any of these, uh, how can they go about talking to us or getting some information to us? Yeah, you should uh, drop us an email at info at the mesh TV. That's info at the mesh TV. Um, just a reminder. Also we're on Twitter where uh, you can kind of uh, send us a note on there, send us a comment on there. Let us know um, if that's easier for you to, to kind of share some uh, some services that you've come across, some products that you want us to to maybe pass along. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think it's, uh, you know, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear some ideas. We'd love to be able to pass on some strategies that others could be able to use. So if you have some suggestions, uh, please let us know. And, uh, and of course, as always, if you have ideas for future topics, uh, maybe some that are a little bit more uh, light in uh, uh, for for the future, Alan, so we're not totally depressed afterwards. Um, send those along. So info at the mesh TV. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Well, we will be back for another episode soon with another uh, topic on technology, especially for the home, family, personal life. But we hope this information was helpful. Again, contact us or reach out if you have some questions, thoughts, or ideas of ways to uh, improve this subject in the future. And until then, we'll look forward to talking to everybody next time. Take care, everyone. Thanks for your time. Bye-bye.
You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.